G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A man made an appointment to see me for counselling. As he entered my office, he looked nervous and told me that he was about to confess something of which he was very ashamed. He then began to tell me of some personal failure in his life. As he proceeded to unload his burden of guilt, his sense of relief was almost tangible. Then he said, I've been carrying this around for years. You're the first person in whom I felt safe to confide. I shared with him a great truth. And it's this, that Satan's power is in darkness. As long as we hide and cover up, he has power to control us. But the moment a sin is brought into the light, its power is broken. The truth sets us free. What surprised me was his statement that I was the only person with whom he felt secure enough to share this struggle. The message he had received in a church environment was that failure is unacceptable. Is this an unspoken message we give in Christian circles? If it is, then we're actually contributing towards bondage and not freedom. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us. I do hope you can stay with us for the next 10 minutes or so as we wrap up our conversation this week on putting the amazing back into grace. Now, sin is a subject we don't like to talk about too much, especially when it's our own and having to confess it. And Ken, that kind of makes the situation worse, though, as you just mentioned. Yeah, it does. Phil, as a pastor, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that um, we can create an environment where people don't feel safe to share their failures. And uh, so we we have a, a, a desire in our church anyway to create a safe zone where People can be accountable. I'm not saying that you know we, we take away accountability, but they know that they're secure in talking about their struggles and their failures. Mm. Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of 12-step programs. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying personally I'm not a fan of them because uh, people that are suffering with addictive problems can end up actually putting their confidence in the program instead of turning to Christ. But one thing I really admire about them is that they're based on complete and total honesty or transparency. You know, my name is John and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Bring it right out there in the, from the beginning. Yep. Yep. Sadly, you don't see that kind of self-exposure in many churches. Now, why is that? Why isn't it safe to fess up? You look at Jesus and you know, all the worst kind of people hang, hung out with him. He didn't condone their sin. No way did he condone sin. Uh, but they felt safe in his presence. Mm, he accepted them. Yeah, unconditionally. So what if someone's listening now and, and they're struggling with some area of sin that's come to mind? What would you say to them to help them? Well, the first thing I would say to them is, look, if you fall into sin, fall forward. Every Christian will sin. There's no doubt about that. No one's perfect. But so anyone who says, I don't sin, is basically saying they're perfect. No, no one's perfect. So we all sin. But the question is, which way will we sin when we fall? Will we fall backwards or forwards? A person who falls backwards actually believes that when we fall into sin, we can only expect condemnation from an angry God. Therefore, that person will draw away from God. But a person who falls forward is one who knows that Actually, they're already forgiven. You know, Jesus has dealt with the sin question 
on the cross. Mm. And this one is confident that as they draw near to God, they'll not only receive his mercy, but also grace to help them in their future struggles so that they can stand strong in the future. Yeah, I guess it's easy when you sin to be kind of frightened by God's anger or the threat of his anger, but that's not what we should be doing. We should actually be drawn to him in repentance. Well, the Bible says actually it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Yeah. So it's when we get a revelation of just how good and loving and gracious God is that it melts us and actually transforms us. But, you know, when a Christian sins, they, they, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. He's the only one that can help them. But they need him like the sick needs a doctor. When a sick person goes to see a doctor, the, the doctor doesn't get angry with the patient and start shouting at him. Yeah. He doesn't attack the patient. He attacks the sickness. And that's what Jesus does. He, he attacks our sin. He doesn't attack the sinner or the one that's sinning, I should say. Mm. And so people need to understand that they're secure enough to draw near to God, not to draw away from him. Because when we draw away from God, we start covering up, we start pretending, we develop defense mechanisms. And really the only defense that a Christian has is Jesus. Mm. He's our defense. Of course, we want to help someone walk in victory over their sin, wouldn't we? Absolutely. So so how do we do that? I, the way I would do it is, first of all, uh, get them to ask the question, why did I do that? Now, what is sin all about? See, sin for the Christian is always a choice. People that say, well, I couldn't help it, that's not going to help them in the long term because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says sin won't have dominion over you because you're not under law but under grace. So therefore, we've got to ask the question then, why did I yield to the temptation when I had power to resist it? Why did I go that way? Mm. We need to understand that we all have legitimate needs and temptation is the enticement to have those needs met through illegitimate means instead of turning to Jesus. So what I'm saying there, Phil, is that our sin is what we run to for comfort and relief during difficult times. When really we should be running to God during those times. Exactly. Now you look at, um, you know, when Jacob left Laban and brought Rachel with him, um, she brought some household idols with her. You know, now you've got to say, why did you bring those? Just in case Jacob's God mm. was not enough. Yeah. I can always turn to these. As it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Israel. Actually, when you read the Bible, you, you find that some of the Israelites also brought their idols from Egypt out of Egypt. Why? Just in case God wasn't enough for them. Mm. Now, it's like that in the Christian life. We, we bring baggage over. We bring uh, idols, if you like. The Christian journey is a process of learning to transfer our trust and our reliance upon God and to discover that, hey, Jesus really is enough for us. Using an Australian term, we kind of want to have two bob each way. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We actually need to put all of our faith and trust into Jesus. The Bible gives us great hope concerning not only victory over the sin, but eventual total deliverance from it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's good to study the Bible doctrine of sin. What what does the Bible actually teach from a Christian's perspective? Let's get a biblical perspective of the doctrine of sin. You know, when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to Joseph, this is what he said, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, The ministry of Jesus to us is to totally save us and set us free and deliver us from sin. Um, God's total solution to our sin problem is Jesus. Now, that means we need to look at this in three tenses. In the past tense, it means that He, when he died on the cross, he saved us from the penalty of sin. Mm -hmm. So the Bible calls this justification. It means that God doesn't impute sin to us even when we sin. He doesn't impute that to us. He imputes 
the righteousness of God to us. We are justified. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the past aspect of our salvation. But then there's the the present aspect of our salvation, which is that we have been set apart from the power of sin. We've been delivered from the dominion where sin reigned, and now we're in the realm of grace. We've been talking about that this week, Phil. And that's sanctification. Sanctification, that's the word, which means that we're being set apart from the power of sin, and we can experience freedom from sin's dominion. We can we can discover, hey, yeah, this thing is real. Mm. God's there for me. When I'm facing temptation, I'm going to look to Jesus. He's going to be my strength. He's going to be my deliverer, and this thing works. But then there's a, a future aspect to our salvation from sin, and that's what we call glorification, which is that one day we're going to even be delivered forever from well, the, the presence the presence of sin. Of sin. And yeah. won't that be wonderful? Be fantastic. <laughs> it's Look it's hard to, to imagine, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but but it's the it's the it's the glory of our of our salvation. And so Jesus is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. So we need to get this this um full concept of the doctrine of sin as it relates to Jesus. He's the Saviour, he's the Saviour from its penalty, he's the deliverer from its power. And one day he's going to set us free from the very presence of sin. And look forward to that. But the here and now, though, Ken, as we wrap this up today, there's someone struggling with sin. What do you say to them? Well, I would say this. Sin is mighty. Don't underestimate it. But Jesus, our Savior, is almighty. Now, he that began a good work in us, he's the one that will bring it to completion. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So don't focus on the sin and, and you know, don't, don't get obsessed with the sin. But focus on Jesus, because whatever you focus on, you give strength to. And if you keep focusing on sin and your failure, then you'll just go under. But focus on Jesus and what he's promised to do on your behalf. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.